Disney Plus, is it worth the time and the money? Now, last year, Disney introduced their streaming service for America, which, like all streaming services, consists mainly of films, TV shows and documentaries. And one of the criticisms at the time was, it was a bit behind the curve. Netflix and Amazon Prime had got there first. Could Disney really compete? And what the hell is this staggered worldwide rollout? So for this podcast short, we're going to ask if the Disney strategy was right and if it's been a success. To discuss this, I'm joined by team regulars Graham, Neil and Phil, all of whom have Disney+. Plus. I don't, so I am the objective one. And I look to them to try and persuade me. So, Phil, I'm going to start with you. For anyone out there who's not sure, and I count myself, how would you sell me the highlights of Disney Plus? If you are young at heart or have young children, it's an absolute no-brainer. Ultimately, it takes in the biggest studio in the world's top products. So you have all of the Disney films and shorts, all of the Pixar films and shorts, all of the Marvel films, with a couple of exceptions, the ones that they coded with Sony, the entire Star Wars universe, and of course, their recent acquisition of Fox means that they have quite a large number of Fox products, such as The Simpsons and something close to my heart, the uh, X-Men cartoon from the 1990s. They are doing a few uh, originals as well, but again, I think that they're aimed much more at a family audience. Okay, most of that would work for me. I'd, I'd be impressed by by a lot of that. There's one group of films I'd leave out. Graham or Neil, would you like to add to that? Um, it, yeah, it's for it's young kids. The none of the good Fox stuff has come over, and nothing over sort of a twelve A. It's safe. Some of it's good. I've watched a few things, but. I was going to say, it's interesting, actually, because when I set mine up, you can create profiles and you can actually ch- create children's profiles. So I did that for my two kids. It was a bit weird because then when I was going through the content, like Neil said, I wasn't really sure what the difference was between like, you know, what, what is removed when you set it up as a children's profile versus a normal profile. If you're saying that the, the highest rating on this is a 12A, I haven't seen anything higher than a 12A, that's just to say. Can't prove it, can I? The Fox Mutant films are all there, I think, with the exception of Logan. I was kind of hoping Buffy the Vampire Slayer would come over. I think that's a Fox product. It is Fox, yeah. I couldn't find that there either. And I think Buffy is quite teen family sort of friendly, I would have thought maybe but that's not there either i guess there is a licensing issues which i think is one of the reasons why they had this staggered worldwide launch because a lot of the fox and disney products have been sort of licensed out to other providers and they wanted to try and have as much of that gathered in one place before they went live i think they're going live in march this year although that received a bit of a backlash I suspect that if they'd gone live in November and had half as much as what they have now, that might have received even more of a backlash. Yeah, we'll talk about that staggered rollout very shortly because it didn't quite work out as anybody planned. But I'm I'm curious (laughs) on this Fox stuff at the moment. Even if they could get all the Alien films, they're never going to show it on this. I did look, and no, they don't have any of the Alien films. I guess that... They might do, but I I don't know. I can't see that they would. It's not their MO, is it? It's not their brand. 
So what are they going to do with the old touchstone films? A lot of those were 15. I'm thinking of films like Stakeout, which is Disney, Deadly Pursuit, which is Disney, but under touchstone. You've got Miramax, all that library is now owned by Disney. You're never going to see Pulp Fiction next to Pocahontas, are you? No, no and that's the no. thing. I'm not entirely sure. Um, so, again, I'll go back to the fact that they are allowing that you have a kid's profile versus an adult profile. Is that something that they're going to introduce later? If they do, I think that they would want to kind of separate it because they couldn't possibly want to have a scenario where children can have access to those things. They're either not going to do it at all or they're going to come up with something that separates those two things. I've got a very different view of what they're going to try and do because as far as I can see, this is just their first platform play. So they're building out a streaming platform and one of the components of that platform or framework, if you like, is the classic Disney brand. So you will have this component and that will give you it. And then they'll add another building block on that, which won't be connected to Disney other than that it'll use all the underlying technology that they've got, the streaming technology, the profiling technology, the audience data capture stuff, and they will put in something for adults. Probably won't call it Disney, but it will sit on the same platform. So for your fiver a month, you get the Disney stuff, and for £8 a month, you get the Disney stuff plus another channel. So it'll become a bit like Sky or now TV. You'll just buy the components that you really want. You might want ESPN, something like that. You can buy that component as well. And then over time, a lot of these things will get resolved. A lot of the stuff they sold to Sony or they licensed to Sony will come back into the Disney uh, Marvel Universe, so that will come back in there, and they will start to make the, the Miramax stuff and all of that available on their other streaming services. But the first thing to do is get the Disney brand out first. It's quick, it's easy, people know it, they'll probably go for it for a fiver, and then they build up the technology underneath and the streaming and, the, and all of that comes later. So that's what I think their strategy is. Yeah, that sounds sensible because... They can get more money out of you then, can't they? Yes, exactly. Mm. Now, that does make sense, if that is the way of doing it. If you're somebody who buys DVDs or Blu-rays, you've got all these. You've got most of them anyway. The TV shows are probably not something you'd want to watch. So let's go back (laughs) and chat about that staggered rollout. Because last year, it seemed a massive blunder to release it the way they did. And I think I said it on one of the shows. Yet again, I'm proven wrong. You take the Mandalorian, which was, you know, the brand new figurehead of the whole thing. It was available illegally everywhere as it was being aired in America. So before it came out here, you could get the whole eight episodes. And yet, (laughs) through luck more than judgment, the coronavirus and the lockdown has worked perfectly for the European release of Disney+. Plus. And I'll tell you how perfectly. In America, they had 25 million subscribers. Since going live here, it's just past 50 million. Wow. It's they're, they're at the figure they were aiming for for 2024. I guess there will be a drop-off, right, at some point. I mean, there, there will be people who've probably bought this with 
no intention of keeping it, but as part of like passing the time during lockdown, etc. But I guess, you know, there's going to be a, a percentage of those people who will get hooked in and will end up just keeping it. But I don't think we could connect any conspiracy between Disney and the coronavirus. No, no. But they, they did offer, and Phil, I know you pointed this out, they offered some really good join-in deals. But the, the thing was, was, is it wasn't just a good deal in terms of the price point. It was they literally offered it up to about an hour before they went live, I think. I think it was forty nine ninety nine instead of, was it five ninety nine or four ninety nine a month for a whole year? Yeah. But it's, yeah, it wasn't it's a just... a £10 off for a year. Yeah, but it was the fact that, you know, that it wasn't like a pressure. You had to sort of think about it and make sure you did it two weeks in advance. It was literally a couple of hours before they went live. You could still pick up that deal, I think. So, you know, there was... Back to your sort of thing about, obviously, the timing of the coronavirus, etc. You know, people had the ability to grab that deal right up until the final sort of hours. And... You know, with for fifty quid, you're tied in for a year, and Disney have got a, a complete user base there for that whole year. That's going to be interesting. So you've all got it. You've all been using it. What have you been watching? And do you think you're getting your money's worth? Over <laughs> to you, Neil. First. <laughs> well, probably not. I have watched a few things. I've watched bits of, um, say, Brave. I like the first act of Brave, so I watched that. And I watched Coco again. I'm going to put Avatar on at some point. And it's bits and pieces. I watched um, Ragnarok again. Uh, So, yeah, I, I don't think there's much more for me to watch unless I start watching Clone Wars, which I'm not so sure about. So the... Original content, the documentaries, the series, they don't interest you? There's, no, there's not much documentary. Is there much documentaries? I haven't seen much. Is it the world according oh, I suppose to there Goldberg? is, yeah. Yeah, there's Weddings, Marvel Hero Project, Drone the Oceans. Yeah, exactly. Here we go. So there are a few. America's National Parks, Great Migrations, Disney Insider. Free Solo's on there as well, isn't it? Yeah. If you yeah. suffer f- from vertigo, don't watch it. Phil, you got your money's worth? Absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> so it's the man with kids, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so from my perspective, I've sort of engaged in a little nostalgia and I've been watching the X-Men 90s cartoon series that I watched as a youngster, which is great fun. I've also been watching The World According to Jeff Goldblum, which is quite bizarre. My name is Jeff Goldblum. The name of the show is uh, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Be forewarned, I'm in the show a lot. I'm sort of fascinated by a lot of things. Sneakers. These shoes are worth twelve to $15,000. Oh, boy. Denim. Ice cream. Hey, can I guess what kind of ice cream you want? <laughs> Jewelry. Isn't that something? Tattoos. Whoa. Ah. Is it going to keep vibrating like that? Yeah. I like that. <laughs> and then, every once in a while, I break into song. Okay, anyway, what were we talking about? There's 12 episodes. Each one picks a random subject, bikes or coffee or jeans. Uh, actually, I think it was called denim, that episode. And they literally just kind of like, 
spin him round and point him at something and go talk about that so like in i think the first episode was about trainers or as americans call them sneakers and they basically kind of point him you know this like sort of a half a dozen sort of five minute interlude so he goes to like a a sales thing where there's like an expo where people are spending thousands of dollars on shoes. He goes to, I think it's Adidas and um, they show him the science of making a shoe. And just the whole time it's kind of his childlike sense of wonder and enthusiasm kind of wins you over as he just gets really excited about all this stuff and tries to sort of see why he likes it or why people like it. The funniest thing I had about that is I asked my kids, they were watching bits of it with me, and I said to them, how old do you think the guy doing the, the program is? And my son went, I don't know, 25? <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I said, no, he's the same age as granddad. And they were like, no, he behaves like a kid. <laughs> and I was just like, that's, that's exactly the, uh, the the sort of the enthusiasm of what he does makes it fun to watch. I'm going to save my favourite show to the, to the end, but I was going to say I had a quick chat with both the kids and my wife to see what they'd been watching. So my wife has somehow, since its launch, been able to watch Full Ragnarok, Infinity War, Endgame, Solo, Rogue One, Episode 7 and 8 of Star Wars, and a couple of other Marvel films. I'm not quite sure where she's getting the time to do that. Um <laughs> And my kids absolutely obsessed with, there's a whole bunch of cartoons available there. So the thing they've been watching obsessively is they watched, they started off with the Lilo and Stitch film, which we've probably all seen. I do enjoy that. Yeah. They then watched something called Leroy and Stitch, which I think was kind of a film in the same world. And there's a TV series, like a cartoon TV series, and they've been watching it like obsessively. They've also been watching a Disney series called The Descendants, which is not the George Clooney film. It's the descendants of fairy tale famous people. So it's like the child of Maleficent and the child of Captain Hook and that sort of stuff. It's basically a classic kind of Disney Channel musical thing. There's two films of that, a whole series of cartoons that they've watched. There's another film coming out in a week or two that they're dead excited about. And my daughter has been has watched every single piece of Frozen content on there. So they've got the two <laughs> films, but they've got loads and loads of shorts and cartoons and stuff on there as well. But to my favorite thing, which I've discovered through my kids, a program called Gravity Falls, which is created by somebody called Alex Hirsch, who I'd not heard of before. And it's brilliant. This summer... Whoa! Disney Channel's taking you... Hello! To Gravity Falls. A mysterious town... Behold, zombie! Just north of normal. Go check it out. Butt Island. Yes. Where the unexplained... Ah! What the heck is going on here? ...will stay unexplained. Ah! Monster hunt! Monster hunt! Or will it? In this town, anything is possible. Ghosts, zombies, uh, could be months before we find our first clue. Take a trip. Now who wants to put on some blindfolds and get into my car? Yay! Wait, what? To Gravity Falls. Ah! A brand new series. I'm always noticing weird stuff in this town. Coming this summer to Disney Channel. um, It's a cartoon for the whole family. It's about a brother and sister called Dipper and Mabel. 
and they go to stay with their grunkle Stan. It took me a while to work out what a grunkle was, but it's a great uncle. Okay. And basically, he lives. Thank you for educating me. So he lives in a place called Gravity Falls, and it's basically like a fun X Files. So there's lots of weird goings on in Gravity Falls, like gnomes and trolls and Loch Ness monsters and stuff. And they go on fun adventures, like, you know, episode of the week type stuff. Obviously, the kids love it because it's silly, but there's lots of, like, clever visual gags and sort of adult humour in there that the kids goes completely over the kids' heads, but, you know, that family can watch and pick up. And I just think it's great. I got it because, you know, we're going to watch, you know, we've watched Coco and various other Pixar films and, and stuff. And obviously, my wife's been watching all the Marvel and Star Wars things. But find a little sort of gem like that. Um, I think it's really good. It sounds a bit like an old show called Eerie Indiana. Have you heard of that? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, yeah, a little bit. Um, obviously, but this is animated and uh, a bit sillier, okay. I'd say. But you see, you see there that now Disney have got you. You can't cancel your subscription now. Your kids are so into this, and and the whole family are into doing this. This is their unique selling point here. They've got this all this family content. They're going to be generating this out weekly, and it's going to keep going on. And then at some stage in the future, they're going to go, "Hey, Dad and Mum, wouldn't you like to see more adult stuff on this easy to use platform?" And that's where they'll upsell you. So yeah. they've got you at that five pound because they're not making any money out of this at five pound. Uh, a month subscription, they cannot be making money. What they're hoping is they're going to upsell you other stuff. So it'll be just like the old cable TV in America. They'll start adding on channels and they'll say, do you want to have this? And it, do you want it, that? it is actually a puberty test, Graham, because the, <laughs> there will come a day when the kids turn around and said, what are you watching this for? Yeah. <laughs> so and while you're on what what have you been watching and where where do you think you've had your money's worth out of it oh well i've definitely had definitely had my money's worth my daughter annabelle who lives with us she is just obsessed with all of the cartoons so we've had all, all of the uh old disney cartoons like the 101 dalmatians and the aristocats and all of the classic Disney cartoons she's loved. She's a big fan of Winnie the Pooh, so she's gone through all of that and all the Tigger stuff and all the Piglet stuff and everything like that. And I have been watching a lot of stuff around Marvel and Star Wars stuff. I've been watching a lot of... I started watching The Clone Wars as well, so I'm working my way through that. And my wife's been watching Penguins in Antarctica and a lot of the uh, National Geographic stuff. So, yeah, for a fiver... It's an it's an absolute steal, absolute steal. I don't know how long this will persist that we'll get value out of it once I've watched all the Clone Wars and then later in the year, I'm sure, Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision and those sorts of things, and they'll just keep you hooked into it. So, yeah, they've got a plan and they're going to keep you going and then they'll offer you other things on top. Okay. What about shortcomings? Are there any? Um I think it depends on your mindset. So Graham touched on it briefly there. The um, interface is really, really good. It's much better than Amazon's interface already. Oh, um, yeah, exactly. In terms, uh, so so I think it is really about your mindset. So uh, Neil said earlier about you might have all of these films on Blu-ray or DVD, and we talked about it being kind of aimed at kids. So, you know, for me, there are no shortcomings right now, but I guess... 
if you've got all the Marvel films and all the Pixar and Disney films on DVD and you're wanting a new sort of content factory, I think then that will be where you'll have a problem because I actually don't see this in the same space as Netflix. I think this is about a huge, massive studio kind of going, look, here's our, here's our wares for you to sort of peruse at your own sort of time, mm. as opposed to Netflix, who are very much a content maker um, and trying to sort of pick up awards, etc. Certainly from the Disney content, the new stuff they've been making, I don't see that as, you know, what they're looking for. They're just looking to make reasonable family entertainment. I think that's a really good point. I want to pop back to that later on because when I did some investigation on the content coming up and all three of them, it was some marked differences. But I think you have a fair point there. Any Anybody else on shortcomings? Neil, Graham? The interface is, is extremely good, but the actual, the way it links content to people is is not great at the minute. So uh, Annabelle, um, we'd like to, to, to her to be limited just to the children's stuff, but she can see everything and everybody can see everything. So there's no lockdown. All it does is change your front screen, uh, depending on your profile. So I think that's going to be a problem for them in the future. They're going to have to fix that, but they've got a, they've got a working model to start with. This is very early days for them. They are really taking this quite slowly and they're being very smart about this let's get this out across the planet do the hard bit first and then we'll start tweaking the interface so what's the point of having a profile if everybody can see everything i'm not sure um because in the future maybe we won't I don't yeah, think everyone can see everything, though. Um, ah, right. Because okay. so, so my kids—I can't remember what it was. For, so there's there was a program that my children wanted to watch, and even searching for it on one of their profiles, they couldn't find it. I can't remember what it was, but it was the sort of thing that I was happy for them to watch anyway. So I think we ended up just sticking it on my profile, and they watched it there anyway. I don't know if it was the, something as big as the Mandalorian, but it was certainly. Mm. But I don't think. Coming to your point, though, is I don't think it is clear what a kid's versus an adult profile is. And can, can your kids just say, oh, we can't get this on our profile, we'll just switch it to dad's? Yeah, they can. And they, they actually can. change yeah, they their can. profile. So yeah. then it's not a profiling system, is it? Yeah, there's no, need, as far as I'm aware, there's protected. no password protection or PIN that I can yeah. put on my, my profiles. But I don't think there is on Netflix either, if I'm honest. No, you're right. There's not on Netflix. But I'm sure it's coming. I think it will have to, particularly here where everything is geared towards family content. And as yeah. Neil said, if they do the add-ons, you've just got to make sure you can't jump from one to the other. Yeah, mm. and and that's quite difficult to do. Interesting. Phil, what are you most looking forward to that they got coming? For me, it's all about the Marvel and Star Wars spin-offs. I was having a look, and obviously Graham's just mentioned One Division and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I think are the only things that were scheduled for this year. I don't know if the coronavirus is going to have any impact on that. But my understanding is that there's going to be another series of The Mandalorian, a Rogue yeah. One spin-off series, an Obi-Wan spin-off series, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, and Loki. Now, I'm sure that one or two of those is going to be duff, but I'm interested to see what they do with them. And to be honest, the one that I'm most looking forward to is WandaVision. So those are all the new things, which may or may not be good. But the other thing I'm, I'm just kind of excited about is that 
as and when there's a Marvel film or Star Wars film, when they decide it's available, it's going to be there. So Onward, obviously, will be coming out shortly, I imagine. Frozen 2 is already there. And I guess Episode 9 will be out on there soon as well. Neil, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to some of the more of the Fox stuff, frankly. Disney's fine and probably got the ones I wanted anyway. Nice to see some other stuff and I will look into it. Yeah, there's so much on Fox that, but they're going to have to do some programming, really, aren't they? I think the um, Onward and the likes will be out on Disney Plus first, but I think in the future that sort of thing, and I think it will be soon, but I think in the future that sort of thing will be pay for view for six months or a month or a year or something like that and they'll hold it back anywhere else but yeah it's the fox stuff it's the sort of 15 rated stuff 18 rated stuff logan and all that sort of uh, that sort of films hopefully by the end of the year Graham. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much in the, in the same boat. I, I just want to know what they're going to do about all the other stuff that they've got. And yeah, definitely the Fox stuff and the adult stuff. And how are they going to market that? And how are they going to price that? Because I'm absolutely convinced that this is their money-making engine for the next you know 20 years they've got they've got a system here where people pay them money every month guaranteed income accountants love that sort of stuff yeah you know it's a constant revenue stream so i'd like to yeah to know what's going to happen about that i'm interested I, i haven't thought about buffy the vampire slayer but those old fox tv properties uh, would be really, really interesting to see how they release those onto the onto the platform and how they're going to do that. Because I'm sure there's loads we missed in the UK that was out in in the states. You know, normal TV shows that we haven't seen, and I'd like to to, to see those in the UK. And I also think it's just the one thing I really think this is going to do is this is going to kill off. Uh, a lot of uh, DVD sales as well, because it's just so easy. You know, it's just so mm. easy. Won't for... happen. <laughs> Won't happen, mm. yeah. Well, I think it <laughs> yes, will. Yes, Jeff I think will keep will. them going. But, but you see, yes, Jeff has to get up off his backside, go over, <laughs> open a box like a like a Neanderthal, take oh, out he, his little shiny has... token, put it in his other box, start it up, wait five minutes for the menu to come up, and then start it. You know, he has to find it first. He has to, has to find it among the thousands, yeah. The the other <laughs> thing, actually, on the Fox TV stuff is they need to do a better job of their transfer than they did with The Simpsons. So I don't know if you guys have seen the, the yes. news articles or, or actually yes. watched any, but they're basically widescreen stuff that wasn't in widescreen and chopped off the tops and bottoms of the image and for some of The Simpsons episodes. If you um, search online, there's some really good visual jokes in The Simpsons that you actually can't see the visual joke for and people put sort of examples up because it's in the part of the frame that they've chopped off. Now, Disney have said that they're going to fix that. But if, say, for example, they are going to bring some of these older shows along, they need to just sort of make sure that they are thinking a bit about you know, what was the aspect ratio it was originally shown in and how are they going to actually sort of transmit it? (laughs) 
The Simpsons has been a thorn in their side, hasn't it? I mean, they've had all these licensing issues about other areas that have been selling it, and now, as you say, they got the ratio totally screwed. And it'll be interesting again with Buffy. When they put that on, they could have potentially the same problems. All my uh, Simpsons uh, DVDs are in the attic because I didn't have enough room in the house, so I can now watch Simpsons again. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got all the DVDs except season 18, which is a nightmare to get hold of. I only went up to season 10. That's when, that's when it tailed off. Yeah, it kind of tailed off a bit, didn't it? I mean, Family Guy would be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, I can <laughs> that see, see that being selected by the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and They wouldn't exactly... understand half of it. Okay, the blood and gore they'd get. Yeah. Now, we mentioned Onward, and this is another interesting thing, and I guess Netflix are the same, that they put out to different regions. So in America, you can watch Onward on Disney Plus at the moment. The Mandalorian, all the episodes are there. I'm not sure what people expected, really, though, because kids' cartoon films have always been slightly staggered because they essentially want to release them at children's holidays. So, you know, films like Frozen 2 essentially coming out at the same time, that's like a new thing. I guess, yeah, it'd be great for it to all be out at the same time, but it has always been a case of they release them at children's holiday sort of points and therefore sometimes these films can be a couple of months apart in the US and the UK. You also mentioned a Christmas film called Noel so I went and had a look for that and that's not actually on Disney Plus in the UK at all so I suspect that they won't release that until Christmas time in which case there'll be a year gap between it arriving in the US Disney Plus and the UK. And that sort of makes sense because for Disney Plus in America, when it released in November, it was part of the lead into Christmas because they were originally going to put that out in cinemas and decided to put it on there. So it's interesting they've held that one back. But I understand the reasoning for that. And, of course, one of the biggest things coming up is Artemis Fowl, a film I was looking forward to in the cinema, now bypassing cinema, and at some point yet to be determined, going on to Disney Plus. We want to know everything about the man you work for. The man? Oh, oh no. This isn't about the father. This is about the son, Artemis Fowl. Hello? Your family has taken something of great value from us. Return it to me or I will destroy everything you love. It's time to face your destiny. I look around, this is what they call greatness. But we are not alone in this. Mulch Diggums, just a talented giant dwarf. And I'm Holly Short, your ally on the other side. All right, save my father, save the world. Whole team ready, tell them we are dead. I didn't read much on trolls. Anything I should look out for? The teeth. They eat people. Good to know. Meh. <laughs> but you were never convinced by this film, were you? Yeah, I mean, so for for the listeners' benefit, I tried to read an Artemis Fowl book um, to my son about, I'm going to say about 18 months or so ago, and it was the dullest, most overly complicated, lame thing <laughs> I've ever read to him. And even he 
got bored of it. I think we we're about a hundred pages in, and I just said to him, "Look, if you want to read this, can you just carry on on your own? Because I'd rather read something else." And he wasn't interested, so we we gave it back to my grandmother, uh, his grandmother, who uh, we'd borrowed it off of. I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's quite a number of the books, but I just found it really dull. And uh, the actual main character he, is that his name's Artemis Fowl. Is that right? The the yeah, yeah. school Neil's 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 called Neil's Artemis Fowl. He's just. I read it. Act- I read it to my kid. My kids. My daughter went to sleep as usual, and my my son was wrapped in, in yeah. anticipation I just, for everything. Yeah, I just found him like an arrogant, annoying. Put it alongside Alex Ryder novels. So I've read those to my, yeah, my son and exactly, he really, really liked those because exactly that's basically Bond sort of for teenagers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But for yeah. What, whatever it was about Artemis Fowl just did not click for us at all. I'd be surprised if it works on the screen. They have to change a huge amount to get the story to work because they're going to have to reduce a lot of the complications, aren't they? Trailer looks good, though. Hmm. And it's directed yeah. by Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, do you know what? That's yes. actually the, the, you know, that's a, something that actually does intrigue me because he does usually, you know, put in sort of decent effort and make sort of interesting mm. things. Is he actually in front of camera at all or not? No, it doesn't look like he's in it. Okay. Do you know what, though? I've got Disney Plus. I'll watch it with my kids. We'll see what it's like. I mean, you know, we're going to have okay. it anyway. In the same Report way as um, my kids watched, the, they did, they've done a live-action Lady in the Tramp, haven't they, which has gone straight to Disney+. Plus. We yeah. put that on. I lasted 10 minutes and I wandered off. My kids enjoyed <laughs> it. <laughs> I, I looked at it and thought, oh, that's new. I'm not interested and moved on, yeah. <laughs> I have to say there's a lot of content on there that could be described in sort of old old fashioned parlance as straight to video it's the sort of stuff that you know this is aimed at kids and you know it's like the descendants films that i mentioned i've not managed to you know i just dip in and out (laughs) and get a book or something whilst they're watching it but it's the sort of stuff that kids really really love and they need in this situation you know certainly a couple weeks ago when the weather was dreary but they're not allowed out they need a lot of content to sort of get through and they like this sort of stuff have they watched any of the other new ones, the Timmy Failure or Stargirl? None of that's on. Um, so I checked out. I checked that out, and quite a few of the films. I think you listed. So the two you mentioned there. I think you listed a few others. None of those are out on UK Disney Plus. So oh, that's interesting. Then, so the only looks like the only new one they've got at their moment is Lady in the Tramp. Noel, as you said, makes perfect sense to hold back for the moment. I'm surprised that Timmy Failure and Stargirl, which do look very much like straight-to-video efforts as they would be in the old days. Why not just throw them on there? Yeah, I checked for both of those and neither are available. All right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because you know, I've been looking at this slate of what they got upcoming. You know, they got things like, well, already made but not released yet, Magic Camp, Godmothered, and the Secret Society of Second-Born Royals. Even the titles don't grip you with. Um... Yeah, well, you sent us, you sent me those, and I, I'd never heard of them. And I looked them up, and they definitely fall into that camp of. Do you know what? When the kids need to sit down and chill out, that I might sort of put it in front of them and go, "What do you think? Do you want to watch that?" 
And when they start watching it, I'll give it 10, 15 minutes. And if it's not interesting, I'll, I'll get a book. <laughs> it's kind of, they don't, <laughs> they don't, they're not the sort of things that strike me as particularly gripping. And then when I look down at all the stuff they, they're planning to do, things like, you know, remakes of Cheaper by the Dozen, Father of the Bride, Home Alone, Night of the Museum, Space Camp. Hey, that first one worked so well, didn't it? I mean, um, quite a few of those films you mentioned weren't good in their first iterations. No, so. that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yet you look at the slate of upcoming stuff on Amazon Prime and Netflix, and again, we touched on this earlier, but it's original, it's things, yeah, I must see that, and none of this has got any of that buzz about it at all. No, I was just going to say that's the that's their point. They've got this market segmentation stuff nailed, haven't they? They they, they know Netflix is out there. They know Amazon Prime's out there and HBO and all of these other people. And they said, no, this is our area. We're going to carve this out, and we're going to get people really interested in what we're doing here. And I think this is very very smart. Trying to take Netflix on as your first outing into the streaming business would be crazy to do. So they're going to chip out their own area and then they're going to build off that and slowly it'll encroach on Netflix. Because Netflix, you know, setting your kids down in net, in front of Netflix, you know, is a dangerous thing, <laughs> you know, because they can jump all over the place. You don't know what they'll be watching. But, but with Disney, you've yeah, re- you, you got selling- that thing. I completely agree with Graham there. And I think, I think what I said right at the beginning, I think, people need to think of this as this isn't this isn't disney's version of netflix this is disney's streaming platform so they're going to have huge blockbuster films that will get cinema releases obviously when cinemas are open again and those things are completely separate to what they're going to put on streaming services they don't need you know, so netflix is about launching premium content to their streaming platform disney kind of have two arms really with this they've got their premium content that's going to be blockbuster films that's going to bring loads of people into cinemas and then those things will come onto the platform and draw people in to be able to just watch those things and then they're going to have their content that they make that's going to be family friendly it's not going to be edgy it's not going to be trying to sort of set the world alight and do something crazy and interesting and innovative they're not going to attract david fincher to the network like netflix did they're going to produce fun family friendly peculiar stuff like the world according to jeff goldblum but yeah in answer to that and that's that's a fair argument one of the biggest sellers or one of the biggest things they marketed when they were launching this channel was the mandalorian and the moment that the mandalorian finished it was the one dip it had in subscribers a lot of people cancelled their monthly subscription because they'd only been watching it for that show. Which now, is why they didn't release them all at once in the UK. <laughs> and that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get that. And and there will be, we mentioned the Star Wars and the Marvel spin-offs that will come along. But I still, I like The Mandalorian and I'm sure that, you know, we can have a whole we can have a whole podcast about The Mandalorian, I'm sure. But I don't think The Mandalorian is premium peak television it's not going to be remembered in the same way as something like mind hunters will from netflix mm-hmm. the mandalorian to me is a really stylish really cool sort of western homage that lives in the star wars universe but there's not 
a massive amount of plot there. There's not a massive amount of intrigue and interest that you could talk about. Have you been watching it, Neil? Graham? They lucked it on Baby Yoda because that became uh, quite a, a meme in itself. So, uh, But I absolutely agree with, with Phil. It's just it's high-quality, high entertaining TV, really. It's not, it's not world-changing. It doesn't, it doesn't expand the Star Wars universe in any significant way. I knew you, you had to say it, didn't you? <laughs> Sorry. It just <laughs> adds to the, the current Star Wars environment because the Mandalorians were always there in, in, in the canon. So I think it's a great show, but it's not. It's not up with the wire. It's not the wire, no. I'm waiting for all of them to come out, and then I'll watch it, unless we come up with a podcast where we have to discuss it, and then I'll watch it. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to hate asking this next question. You can all see it's coming. Given the fact that we've now had to move Marvel films back, yay, how does that (laughs) affect the Marvel Cinematic Universe, God, and the link it's going to do to the TV shows on Disney Plus? Do we know? I don't think we know based on... The fact that there's very, very little known about those TV series. So WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier are the only two that I believe have actually commenced filming. I think everything we need to know film-wise has already happened because WandaVision, to my knowledge, is kind of her coming to terms with and Vision's death and kind of having her own little mysterious sort of 60s world. That is a bizarre trailer, I've got to admit. Yeah, it looks great. <laughs> and I think that I can never remember the name of the other one. It's too, it's too convoluted. That to me is the one that I'm kind of less, less got hopes for because it kind of sounds like a, an episode of the week spin-off. They're gonna, it's like the A-team or something, I don't know. Yeah. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, without the charisma of either Newman or Redford. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so I I think that those two will still be able to come out. It's not going to be, it's not hinging on us seeing Black Widow or The Eternals, is it? I don't know. I mean, I have read something cryptic that they are going to tie some of these series into some of the films. But I don't know. I mean, do they have Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on this thing as well, on Disney Plus? It should be on there, actually. Oh, quickly. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, that's something I never, uh, I never stayed with when, um, when it initially came out. Cause I just didn't like. No, it. I saw two episodes and realised it was Marvel and stopped. <laughs> um, I get. I guess I should have read the title. Yeah, the clue. I'm actually yeah, looking forward there. to both, both the um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and One Division because I, I, I think it's very much in the same. Uh, vein as the Mandalorian. Take the existing, sorry, Jeff, universe and expand little side yeah. stories out. So it's a bit like side quests in a game. You go off and do those and, and it's quite interesting. There's also, isn't there meant to be a tie in from one division into Doctor Strange because she's going to be in the next Doctor Strange film? So that might be of interest and they'll need to work out, you know, how they're going to link those together and the timing of the release of the Doctor Strange film in in the cinema. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's just something interesting and different. And if it has the same production values as The Mandalorian, then I'm in. 
Jeff, um, it, there are five series of Marvel's Agent of Shield on Disney Plus. So there you are, you're sold. Oh, I imagine really? you're, you're already signing in and uh, yeah, giving right. them your that's money another, right now. Yeah, I've just made another step. Take all my commitment. money now. But you know, I mean, while we're looking at this series, and we we're talking about Disney classics here. Do you think this channel can survive without Song of the South? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, bloody idiot. Yeah. Is that, well, it, is that it staying might, in, do you think? Might, <laughs> it, it might dip in white supremacist world, but no. It's a classic. My, oh, my, what a wonderful day. Is that is that one where if it ever did come on, you know they put up in front of um, Tom and Jerry cartoons and things like that. They put a little disclaimer yeah. up saying this represented the times and isn't like how we think now. Blah 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 blah. If they put Song of the Self on, that'd have to pop up every twelve seconds or something. <laughs> That'd be a yeah, I want the fully restored leading. version with that song they cut out. Boy, pick that cotton now. Um, <laughs> I think that'd be great. <laughs> Are we carrying on with that? No, no, this <laughs> no, is all I think coming I'll change So I'll go to the final question. <laughs> so, where do you see this channel in a year's time in comparison with Netflix and Amazon Prime? I see it with age-related sign-in and some of the more 15 and 18 uh, stuff behind some kind of security for adults only. I'd suggest probably a lot more of the Fox stuff can go on there. I can't see it being much more than that. It'll just they'll just keep putting Disney stuff on it, piling it on. I imagine some of it will disappear. I don't think there's much more than that. Maybe five years time it'll be interesting. Some of those seventies classics like Escape from the Dark and The Cat from Outer Space might make it there then. A- apart from those, yes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Phil. I I think that it will continue to carve out this particular niche. So I think that behind the scenes, people like us won't notice it, but they're absolutely flooded with loads of throwaway children's fun that my kids will watch without me even being aware of it, even existing to some extent. And that will keep them thoroughly entertained and happy. And I guess the thing I'm hoping for that some of these spin-off series that are the Star Wars universe, the Marvel universe, are, you know, really good or as good in terms of the quality, as Graham said, of The Mandalorian. I just hope that there's another series, Gravity Falls, as well, because it's really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Going to have to watch that now. Last word to you then, Graham. I see this again pretty much as as Neil has said. I think they'll, they'll start to bring in extra packages into this world so you can buy an add-on package that will just be for adults and you'll get a lot more stuff there. Also, they'll start to expand it out. Oh, look, not only are you getting this adult stuff in that you can watch, but, oh, look, it's in 4K now because that must be the next thing they want to do is to push 4K and then they'll be able to put all the Marvel films in 4K and they'll charge extra for that again and then they'll do something else. So I think they've certainly carved their own niche in the streaming landscape and i think they've insulated themselves pretty well from netflix because of what they've done but it'll be interesting how netflix and amazon come back at this because they they must be losing people 
from well maybe not amazon because it's tied into the prime account but yeah a lot of stuff that would have been sold on amazon uh, and a lot of stuff that uh, netflix could buy has now disappeared it'll be very interesting to i'm fascinated to see how this all plays out okay well I've taken some steps towards getting a subscription. I'm two steps there, another five to go. Obviously, one of the key ones you've just thrown cold water over, but um, a couple of things there I'd be interested in seeing, definitely. And I've certainly learned quite a bit talking to you. So thank you very much, guys, and uh, I look forward to our next catch-up. Cool. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. That's a wrap. This episode is dedicated to all the teachers out there trying to teach our kids while making sure everyone stays safe during these pandemic times. To make sure you never miss an episode of this podcast, please subscribe to At The Flicks at our website at theflicks.uk. And if possible, please remember to rate and review At The Flicks wherever you get your podcasts. You can contact the team on Twitter or by email. Our contact details are also on our website at theflicks.uk. Thanks for listening.